what's happened. Got a shower and my nose fell out. Let's have a look. I was booing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Poo was coming out of every hole in my body, <laughs> like liquid. Well, three times well, it's totally clean. She's done. This course is running. I'm on my way. So I kicked cancer's ass in the last three weeks. I barely knocked it over. Hi, I'm Becky. Thanks for tuning in and listening to After, a podcast about looking, learning, and living life after. Thank you for joining me for episode six today. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about this current situation we find ourselves in, specifically about uh, the lockdown or quarantine, it's not quarantine, not really in a quarantine, but the lockdown and how that might be different for someone who has suffered a bereavement or someone who is grieving. First of all, I feel like I need to apologise <laughs> Uh, if you listened to episode 5, you will have heard me talk about how I had very high hopes for 2020. I did talk about it at length, about how I felt drawn to the year, how I was looking forward to it. I even talked about the things I was looking forward to. I had quite a lot of concerts booked. Concerts is a strange word to me. I never know if I'm using the word, if using the word concert ages me uh but when I say gigs it makes me feel I don't know like one of those (laughs) it makes me think that Lily would cringe at me for saying it in front of her friends but anyway I had a few gigs booked to go to um some holidays with friends booked weekends away days out Hindus nights out birthdays and weekends away and well uh the pandemic has happened and I feel that I may have just jinxed us by talking about how much I was looking forward to 2020 because we're now in the middle of April and it has just not turned out as anyone had planned really had had it. So uh, apologies. Apologies for that from me for uh, maybe jinxing us a little bit. Luckily, so far for me, many of the things that I did have booked over this time have I've managed to rearrange or they've been rearranged for me or I've managed to get a refund and some of the things like the concerts I was going to it's actually worked out a little bit better because they've spread out a bit more now over the year and into next year so all the babysitting although Lily's a bit old to be babysat all the child minding is spread out a bit more so I don't have to have them have a sleepover every other weekend which is what it was at, at one point from now until the end of May and of course all these changes I'm always looking for the silver lining in these things it's just giving me something to look forward to after all this is over well that's the way I'm looking at it at the minute anyway so we're currently on the fourth week of lockdown and we've just heard that it's going to be extended for another three weeks I can't say it's been the easiest of times this last four weeks It's also not been the worst either, I suppose. It's actually really strange that everyone's normal is now completely different. And I suppose that I've been adapting to a new normal since Chris actually died. Well, probably going back to when he was first diagnosed. So it's just another hurdle for me, um, for us, that we need to, or I need to try and navigate for the three of us and work through. The first two weeks 
were the two weeks where the school shut so the so both kids were at home from school and I was still working and I just found that really really tough I work from home for four days a week anyway and normally go into the office but we've been told we can work from home all the time which is really good for me I can continue to work I'm very fortunate in that so being at home an extra day wasn't so much of a change and we don't usually get out a lot during the week anyway really bar the odd walk or trip to the beacon but having the kids at home with me during the day full time and trying to juggle their schoolwork and think about feeding them and being asked a thousand what feels like a thousand questions a minute um and not being able to fully concentrate on my job whilst they were around it led me to feel quite stressed and uptight really stressed actually but I worked term time so the last two weeks have kind of been like an Easter holidays so and I've used them as an Easter holiday so used them I don't think that's the right word I've thought of them as an Easter holidays so we've all had the time off so we've not done schoolwork and I haven't done any work over the last two weeks and it's made a huge difference to myself and how calm the house is and how calm I feel about the whole situation and I do have to start work again again I do have to start work again next week and I'm I'm really not looking forward to that because I'm just not sure how we're all going to cope and how that is going to play out trying to juggle everything again I've not really left the house um my mum and dad and Chris's mum and some of our friends have been picking up food bits from for us and doorstepping them for us which has been brilliant shopping is stressful at the best of times with the kids well Sam mainly I do usually try and leave both of them at my mum and dad's house when I need to do a weekly shop and obviously that's not an option at the moment my mum is on a 12 week uh, shield isolate whatever they're calling it because of her health so we can't drop the kids around and I just can't imagine taking the kids to a supermarket and trying to do any shopping with them under the current situation I mean I've not been to a supermarket myself I've been lucky in that people have been able to get deliveries or click and collects and drop the bits off for me um, I just couldn't imagine taking so it would just be awful it actually gives me palpitations just thinking about it it's nearly impossible for me to get a delivery at the moment so I am lucky that people who can pick up bits for us have done when we've needed them and I'm very fortunate in that I was seeing a lot of those uh funny memes memes I never know how to pronounce that word um in the beginning of like of the lockdown about snacking and eating all day but I was honestly the first two weeks I was honestly hungrier because I wasn't snacking at all by the odd biscuit which is really unusual for me because normally if I'm at home I like pick on bits all day um not unhealthy bits but just uh bits all day but I was so worried at the beginning because I didn't know how things were going to go when everything was all up in the air I was just I was worried about running out of anything that the kids might like to eat so I just stopped myself eating anything else apart from meals I was just trying to keep things as normal as possible for possible for them and for them to try and not notice the impact of us not going to the shops I mean don't get me wrong it won't it won't and it didn't do me any harm to snack a little bit less uh, but I didn't stockpile at all at all anything of any use I did well anything really I just did normal shops and I was so worried in the beginning about running out 
of food and not knowing how I would be able to get to the shops or how I'd be able to get the shopping because I knew it would be nearly impossible for me to be able to get out to the shops with the kids. I'm really aware how lucky we are to have the support around us, to, who people who can drop shopping off for us. It, but it just then brought to the forefront people who would struggle for food and would struggle to afford food in this situation and the pressure that they'd be under. And me, really made me feel for people who were not as fortunate fortunate as, as us and in a similar situation to us. So far, I've managed to stay in our little bubble as much as I can. Before lockdown, a lot of what I think was repressed germ anxiety surfaced resurfaced it was went back from when Chris was on chemo I vividly remember and I kept having these like flashbacks of the first time he was home after chemo and I went to work on the train and when I go into the office and I used to go into the office much more then um, because obviously my situation was different I used to get the train in a tram and it was in January he first started his chemo, so it was cold season, and there was loads of people coughing, sneezing, snuffling, you know, as as it is in that type of, time of year. And I remember I kept having these flashbacks of remembering that I could see where the germs were going, and it made at the time it made me panic about what I was touching and who I sat next to, and I would wear a scarf over my face, and I carried alcohol gel everywhere with me because I knew how deadly it would be if I just took the common cold home back to Chris, how that could affect someone whose uh, immune system was suppressed. I knew it could be fatal. I would wash my hands constantly. I carried alcohol gel everywhere. And when I got home, I would disinfect the door handles and light switches and the handrails, basically anything that you touch but you don't necessarily clean on a daily basis well I don't I don't clean my door frames on a daily basis and I'd be like stressed about the kids getting sniffles the first sign of a sniffle I'd be taking temperatures take Chris's temperature every day just to check it was all right and I'd be taking the kids as well just to check that they were fine and a lot of that resurfaced and it does now like the Sam poor Sam's full of hay fever so he's a bit snuffly and he keeps coughing and it is hay fever because every time I give him like an antihistamine or some antihistamine I give him like the kids uh pyroton or whatever it is um he's he's much better but it just the that stress and that anxiety really resurfaced and the kids they're used to washing their hands all the time they're used to going back from again when Chris was on chemo they used to have to do that and using alcohol gel all the time wherever we went and cleaning our hands when we came in and be careful of what we touched and things like that around Chris because they knew how important it was obviously we weren't like really strict with them but they're used to that that sort of cleanliness so it hasn't been too much different for them although the whole washing your hands thing although Sam's hands poor little Sam his hands got all red and raw before he finished school because the like the water at school is not hot it's like tepid quite rightly so kids don't burn themselves so he was using like lukewarm water to wash his hands and I don't think he was drying them properly so his poor little hands were all red and raw but they've been much better since um he's been at home and he's been inside more um and I've been able to keep an eye on him washing them and drying them and things like that this whole situation this whole pandemic has just made me think a lot about what we would have done if Chris was still here and still on treatment when I think about Chris and wanting him back, I don't think about wanting him back, although I would have him back under treatment and poorly for as long 
so don't know if that makes sense i would have him back like that than not at all but if i would oh it doesn't make sense because he's not real but and it would never happen but whenever i think about him being here i think about him being here well that might make a bit more sense but i've been thinking a lot about what we would have done and how we would have coped if chris was still here and still on treatment and again obviously that made me feel really anxious and panicky which is daft really because he's not here and that is that's our reality but I couldn't stop myself worrying about it and it's been the first time that it's always been sort of sort of a relief yeah relief that I don't have to worry about that as well we don't have that added pressure and that added thing to think about he used to have to stay in hospital for four nights to have is the chemotherapy over four nights so when he came home we would stay at home and it was kind of like a, a our little bubble then we try and limit his exposure to anyone outside who might bring germs in and he just wasn't feeling up to it so we would do that until he was feeling better and then we tried to make the most out of the week that he was he was feeling better and was up to doing something which was normally the third week of his cycle before it all started again and I think as well as the anxiety of wondering and worrying what we would have done if Chris was here, there's those underlying feelings and underlying awareness that there are people in that situation that we were in and they now have this on top to deal with. And it's, I suppose it's empathy for those people and what they must be going through and thinking about, thinking about that and feeling guilty that we don't have to go through that, even though it's daft because... We've, we lost someone that we love, so should we be feeling guilty? I don't know, I'm just pondering that. And I mean, all those feelings and those anxieties, they were really heightened before lockdown, when everything was rumbling and we knew that it was getting quite serious before the schools finished and before, lo- before lockdown. And since then, I have managed to get them a little bit under control. All these emotions related to empathy they've been ultra heightened I'm worried about people and still are worried about people that are vulnerable like my nana or friends that have uh, children that have to shield for 12 weeks or family that have to shield like I said my mum that has to shield for 12 weeks um, and just when you see the serious of the situation and I just worry about people who don't have the support that we do. Strangers that don't have the support that we do. I feel for those people because I know that I'm in a privileged position and a very fortunate position, even though stuck inside, um, we're all stuck inside. And I, I just worry about how people cope. And um, because of that, all of the grief feelings have surfaced as well, which I really wasn't expecting to happen. But yeah yeah it has I don't know if I've mentioned it before um I'll talk about it probably in another podcast if I'm not already another podcast episode I say grief my grief is like an ocean Uh, it's not linear no one's grief is linear I don't think and that my the grief hits in waves um so water's gonna be calm and then all of a sudden big wave hits of grief unexpectedly always current changes and then you're struggling and I'm lucky that in the past few weeks I've not been hit to the depths that I have experienced before but I have definitely found myself treading water a lot more a lot more than usual and within that struggling to find my breath um metaphorically speaking 
people who are grieving are already at their emotional capacity. They're already working to what they can do to deal with anything on a day-to-day basis. For people who are grieving, for myself, I know I always talk um, from my own personal experience, but from what I've seen online and from other things that have been shared, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. Normal things, day-to-day, when you are grieving, are already hard hard enough and they're already challenging. So when you add anything on top of that to deal with, everything becomes overwhelming, just really overwhelming. And then all of my usual coping strategies for when a wave hits just went out the window completely. So I can't get out easily. We can't go for a walk. We can go for a walk still, but obviously... Um, but we're not able to, able to get out for a drive or to get to the beacon where there's a big hill where, and lots of running around space and for share or to the beach, which always calms me and centres me to be near the sea. And I can't spend time with anyone else either or be around other people. I mean, I said to my dad this morning, I miss him making me a brew because I go around to my mum and dad's house at least once a week and get weighted on a little bit, get my lunch made, get a cup the tea made and I'd be able to switch off from having to entertain the kids which is one of the ways that I cope because it's a lot having them by myself all week and now it's really hard to get any time to myself like not even five minutes so you have all of these normal day-to-day things that you're already at capacity at full emotional capacity to deal with and you're using all your coping mechanisms and strategies every day just to be able to get through the day and then you add everything else on to worry about and it it's just I think that's what's caused the wave because you've lost control and when you're grieving you're not in control but you kind of find ways to con- to gain that control back to make you feel like you have some some I'm going to say the word control again over what's going on in your life and at the minute that's just completely gone because we don't Being at home as the only adult and trying to work and juggle the kids and getting them to do schoolwork and added brain, added brain, and added thinking constantly about keeping the three of us fed and watered. It's a lot. It's really a lot. And it takes up so much energy, energy that you're already low on and brain capacity. And widow brain is definitely a thing. I'm really forgetful now. I have to write everything down and the extra day-to-day things that you have to try and remember is all added pressure. And when the kids are both at school and I'm working, I only have to think about myself and I get time within the day where um, I get a bit of breathing space. I only have to concentrate on one thing. I don't have to worry about anything else because I know that they're both okay. So yeah, it's just a lot. It is a lot. And I know it's a lot for everybody, but when you are the only adult at home, and you are responsible for everything under difficult circumstances, it's it's really hard. And then it becomes a bit of a groundhog day, and I know everyone is feeling like that. I end up tidying the same room every day, I do the washing up, I put a wash on, I sweep the floor, and it never looks like you've achieved anything. And that becomes really hard as well, because all these things add to negative feelings where you're trying to stay positive but all these little things are just um chipping away chipping away at your positivity 
there's no one here apart from me. I have no one to share worries with. I would never share my thoughts and worries with the kids about this whole situation. So there's no one to shoulder the burden of what's going on. So everything is on my shoulders for for the three of us. And I know I have the kids here, so I'm not actually alone. Although sometimes I wish I was actually alone. But it's just not the same as having another adult here to have a conversation with um, an interaction and another person here to help lighten the load so it's also really just really lonely yeah just really really lonely I mean it feels like sometimes the only time Lily or Sam speak to me is to ask me to make them food or to get them a drink like we have breakfast and then it feels like five minutes later they're asking me what's for dinner and I'm like we've just eaten surely but there's no conversation it's like, well, I mean, there's little conversations, but it's not an adult conversation. It's not an adult interaction. And they're both not the best at tidying up really after themselves. So there's the extra mess because they're home all all the time that I'm constantly having to clear up that really wouldn't be there if they, was, they were at school because they wouldn't be making so much mess. I've also had too much time to think. <laughs> um which isn't a bad thing for some things because I've been thinking creatively about stuff and things like that but it's just uh, not good all the time either and my thoughts have been full of what ifs, what could have beens and they're never any good for anyone really to think of and I I do try never not to think what if, what could have happened, what if we'd have done but like my mind's been just swimming with that and the whole lockdown, it's just really highlighted what we're missing and what's missing from us. We've got, I've, I mean, I've had to stop being busy, I suppose, or keeping busy. And my mind's just flooded with these thoughts. And how much easier it will be if Chris was still here. And like I said before, if Chris was still here, actually, if Chris was just still here, well or unwell, although I prefer him not to have ever been unwell, but... Um, how much easier it would be and how much funnier it would be because I mean he, he just would have made me laugh those thoughts are always there obviously um, but I have no other distractions right now so the, <laughs> the, they've got free reign of my brain at the moment and I've been thinking about Chris a lot and they're not always sad thoughts really sometimes they're really happy thoughts um, to counteract all the negative ones that keep pushing their way in a uh, friend texted me and said, you know we'd have him back in a heartbeat, but can you imagine Cowley in this? And it made me <laughs> actually made me laugh out loud. Because um, before he was ill, I mean, even when he was ill, he was never one for just sitting around. He, he just couldn't sit still. He answered his pants, if you like. Couldn't sit still at all and would always want to nip somewhere or have a plan to do something or go somewhere or move on to the next thing. Half the stuff was always half finished I say this about Lillian homework she's like five minutes and done and he was exactly exactly the same with things around the house and I, I texted him back and I said and I reckon that as long as he had a decent supply of space raiders uh pickled onion of course someone to play FIFA against and a couple of box sets to get to get through <laughs> which there's a few at the minute um, he'd have been okay, and I do think he would have been, but it just made me laugh because um, he'd have been he'd have been bouncing off the walls. He'd have been worse than the kids, I think, if he was still here. Um, I did also remind my friend that I have a smaller, possibly more lively, annoying version of him at home to deal with. So yeah, I'm not completely out the woods when it comes to that. I know I've moaned a little bit about 
how they're not that helpful around the house and they're not and we're still having a little bit of fun and things like that but the both kids have actually been really good so far uh, getting them to do any school work is a chore can't get Sam to do anything and I just feel like I'm nagging Lily half the time uh, Lily only realised in the second week that there was an enforced lockdown so that's how like calm we were in the house once that happened or how well I hide it from them um, and it was only yesterday that she realised my dolls were shut because I just didn't feel the need to mention it to her to point that out but yeah she's not noticed and she just asked if we could if wouldn't it be good if mcdonald's were delivered and i went well they could get delivered but we'd struggle because it's shut so really they've been quite good they could have been worse um and it could have been more difficult but yeah they've not been too bad grieving is a really isolating experience and that isolation continues even when we're surrounded by lots of people um i can be surrounded by friends and feel like the loneliest person there I think at the moment a lot of people are feeling isolated, even if they're, even if they're at home with their families, and a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed and uncertain about the future, because um, we don't know what's going to happen, and the knock-on effects from this, when we're allowed back out, as a normal life, whatever that is, and if we'll ever get that back, um, will be felt for a while, I think. All these th- things are feelings that I've been dealing with since Chris died if it wasn't for everything feeling all my emotions feeling heightened and ultra like ultra sensitive I think I'd be pretty prepared (laughs) for this to be honest um I'm laughing about it but I think it's kind of true I've been getting used to these feelings for the past two and a half years uh we were supposed to be away over the Easter holiday Easter break which obviously got cancelled but really not a lot has changed apart from the kids being at home all the time, not too much has changed in our lives. I'm actually in touch more. I've been in touch more with some friends and family, albeit not in person, over the phone or whatever, more than I would have done. I mean, there's a handful of people that I normally see regularly and I spend a lot of time with. Um, but other than that, other other friends that I don't see very often, I've been in touch with them more over the last four weeks than I have in the last 12 months maybe because now everyone is sort of in this mix of feelings of being stuck there have been points where I've started to feel just a little bit down about it a little bit bitter that they're only realizing now how that feels and it's taken this lockdown for them to I don't know reach out I suppose but again that's just my grief playing tricks with my thoughts and those feelings get pushed back really quick because they're they're really damaging and they're not true it's just my mind playing tricks on me I have developed this um fear though which is quite a new one on me although I was was always a little bit afraid of what was going to happen in the future but it was always like low level afraid there was always other emotions that were more prevalent and more um at the front but I I just worry about what would happen if I got COVID-19 and ended up in hospital what would happen to the kids and if I did get it what would be the likelihood of me surviving it if I get a bad chest my chest is like I'm not ill and I'm not diagnosed with anything but I struggle with chest infections and coughs as you know I had that cough for bloody ages so I've developed this kind of and maybe it was always there and this situation just brought it out but a fear of dying and leaving them um, and them being orphaned 
so much so that I've I've even thought about and I will do this I think because I think it's important for us all to actually write things down but I've thought about writing them letters for them to open when they're older uh, seriously thought about it um about what when I would write it and what I would write it for and because I know that it was something Chris had always planned to do but he just always kept putting it off and didn't get around to do it. I thought he'd think it was just too hard for him he didn't get around to doing it and then when he thought he had was in the right frame of mind to do it he just ran out of time and I don't want to run out of time if this if I if I get this and I get really poorly I want them to have that so I've seriously contemplated writing letters and leaving messages and sorting stuff out and my mother-in-law rang me and she was she was like I need to get a will sorted just in case and I was like don't well like you hope we're all going to be okay but there's, there's families out there that are not and I think when you've lost someone you know how hard it is for people to be going through this so I've added being really scared about that as well as everything else which is another thing for me to deal with and I, I think that's why I'm quite happy to stay in in this bubble for as long as I need to so I don't risk coming into contact with it as much as possible at times it is just a cycle of overthinking 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 and that does normally happen in grief and whilst you're grieving but it's like I said earlier you're already at capacity when you're grieving for things that you can deal with so when you add things on everything else becomes just so much harder and things that I normally have under control are now (laughs) I struggle to get under control like my feelings and emotions and thoughts but I am very aware of how my grief works now I'm getting there with things that work and don't work and and things like that so I've been trying to offset some of the negative emotions and thoughts um with positive and doing things that are productive so at the beginning I was added to some Facebook groups about Covid news and coronavirus updates and I got out of them within about two weeks because it was just just not helping at all just causing me to feel to feel very anxious I also stopped watching the news that's not to say I'm not keeping up to date but I don't need to watch it 24 7 um I just need to know what's going on and I can find out in other ways I don't need to watch the news I don't need to see I know what is happening but I can't deal with I can't I can't add on to my emotional burden I suppose yeah because I'm I'm very empathetic so I feel I, I feel things when I see things so it would be really hard for me to try and process the extent I know the extent of what's happening but I'm trying to keep it at arm's length because it would I wouldn't be able to emotionally process the impact of what's happening. I don't even know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head, but I don't know if that's going to make sense to you. I've been doing some meditating and Headspace Daily. It's something another friend recommended and I would recommend it to anyone. I've been doing it for a while now, um, spend some time every day meditating. I've also tried to take some pressure off myself which has been easier over these holidays. We've had gentler days. I've been reading, which is another thing I've done to try and be proactive and productive. I've been doing some craft mosaics, which is fast becoming my new hobby. And that's helped me concentrate on a task and put the negative thoughts to the side for a while. Um, and also you get like a sense of achievement once you've, once you're doing things and creating things. Um, 
I've also been enjoying the sunshine. I've been sat out in the sunshine, just sitting sometimes and listening to what's going on around, um, watching the kids play and when they play nicely and getting on together, just listening and having a couple of deep breaths for good measure. I do that a lot. A couple of deep breaths take five seconds or so. Listening to music, listening to the sounds outside, the birds, the cats meowing, <laughs> things like that. The sunshine has definitely helped make the days a little easier I think I always feel better when the sun's shining it's always a bit more of a positive day even when I'm not feeling great I know the sun's shining that I can do things that will get me out of that little funk quicker so yes it has been hard to grieve it's been hard as a person who is grieving to deal with a lockdown and to Yeah, and to focus on the pandemic, not focus on the pandemic, but really it's just been hard and it's hard for everybody. I think more now than ever, it's a really good time to just be grateful for the small things. And I do this a lot with my two kids um, and and for myself as well, because it's difficult when you've lost someone to think that there is any jo- there can be any joy found in any day. So I practice like a gratitude journal, thinking about things that have made me smile that day, the small wins um, and the small things that bring you joy. It's really the simple things, I suppose, because lots of us are, are really living on a life that's been stripped back at the moment, especially. And I know it's not very easy when the news is so bleak and life is so far from normal for a lot of us um, and so scary at the moment, so normal, whatever normal is. But looking for those little shards of light in the darkness is the only way I get through this and it's uh, and any day, really. And it's I, I do believe that it's the only way many of us are going to get through it. Well, I think that's a good place for me to stop jabbering on, I think. Um, I feel like I've, it's been had quite a negative undertone all the way through. I've, I'm, I'm, I don't feel completely negative, but I just want to... I just wanted to highlight and hopefully that you'll understand that it's not easy for... It's not easy for anybody at the minute, but for some, some of us, I'm not just saying for people who are grieving, there's other people as well that will find this much harder because of the situation that they're in so I just wanted to give my my little view on that and I'm not saying that like I said I'm not in this complete the depths of a grief wave I'm bobbing along I'm doing really well at bobbing along and staying on the surface and I am very good at reading well getting very good at reading my own grief and feelings and working out ways of counteracting that with positivity so uh yes (laughs) um i do hope you're all keeping safe and well and if you're going out to work i hope that thank you very much for keeping to go out for work i know i'm very lucky that i get to work from home i think everyone is anxious about everything at the moment so just be kind i mean my emotions are really up there so i think everyone's just a little bit more touchy and a little bit more I don't know. Is there still kindness there? Hopefully there's still kindness there, so just please be kind. Remember to keep in touch with people. A text, a quick phone call can make all the difference to someone's day, and I speak from that from experience. Yes, it is nice just to get the odd text and to feel like you're not alone. 
because there's many people that will be feeling very alone at the moment. Thanks so much for listening. I do hope you'll join me again for the next episode. And if you're not already, if you could listen to the last episode, that would be great. In the meantime, until next time, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Beeks, which is at B-E-E-C-K-Z. So if you've got any comments about this episode or any of the other episodes or any questions, I would love to hear from you. Or if there's something you want me to talk about um, or a subject you'd like me to cover or give my views on or my perspective on please do get in touch just want to say thank you to ben sound for the use of any music you've heard in this episode i also have a blog which is diary of a fat where there's some posts on there about i wrote during chris's treatment and after again thank you so much for listening i really hope you'll join me again next time see you soon and take care